When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ah. Yikes. You like when you eat bad bagpipes? Oh, shit. I could have remade that whole song in Damn bagpipes. It, dude. For one episode only. <laughs> well, hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Mm-hmm. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names in the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era in streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your illegal Irish loft housing development, <laughs> but there was something truly special about making t- that trip as a child, picking a movie out by hand and taking it home with you. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me as always, two guys who know the prayer in this movie by heart and recite it every Saturday night before they go out drinking. Sean Pryor and AJ Vince. How the heck are ya? The for, for, for thee, my lord, for thee. You're, you're the pray, uh, Spiritus Ante. Thank you, thank you for the meal. Yeah, before you take a shot, like that's the, you, everybody does the prayer out loud. Spiritus Ante. Spiritus Ante. We have our two shots lined up on some random person's back of their head. Jeez. In Veritas and Aquitas. Uh, yes. Shot glasses, of course. We drop yes. pennies in it. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. You're at the beginning of an episode where we take a classic movie that you love from childhood, give you every single bit of information you could ever need about the movie while dissecting it scene by scene. Stay tuned for all the fun. Before we dive in the movie, don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, which mm-hmm. of course includes Spotify now. Yeah. Five stars all day. Also, check us out on Patreon. There are tons of amazing perks, including voting on upcoming episodes and weekly bonus audio, patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. And we're also up and running on YouTube. Uh, we are so close to getting that monetization. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need your help. Go subscribe. Uh, links to everything, confusedbreakfast.com or in the episode notes of the show. And before we dive in, we listen to the sweet, sultry voices of our fans. Yes, thank you. With our yes. voicemail, 319-804-9596. Here's today's voicemail. This is Kyle Gregory from Virginia, originally from Ohio. I'm an active duty Navy, and I've been listening to you guys as I've been uh, driving a lot more now that I'm out here in Virginia. Anyway, uh, recently I was listening to you guys, and you covered Ghostbusters, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Never heard so of I decided tonight I was going to rewatch it, and uh, something I picked up on that I had never picked up on before was that when the Ghostbusters are in jail, the guard is... None other than Carl Winslow. Mm, so fan theory here. Yes. He overhears them talking about Dana Barrett's apartment and how it's this conduit 
for Gozer and Zul and just all this bad shit that's happening. He runs to the precinct with that, and they say, you know what, Winslow, you're kind of crazy, so we're going to go ahead and just move you out to California where life's a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, he yeah. moves his whole family, and he's got to deal with uh, his son, Eddie, and he, he's got to deal with <laughs> his it. daughter and constantly being pursued by Steve Urkel. And one <laughs> fateful night, he happens to be on patrol, and he has to report to Nakatomi Plaza. Yep. Yeah. In that movie... They talk about one thing, and it's the same thing that they talk about in Ghostbusters, and that's Twinkies. Oh, wow. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's far-fetched, but uh, love you guys to death. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I can't wait to listen to the next podcast, and uh, I kind of hope you guys will cover RoboCop. That's one of my absolute okay. all-time favorite movies. Okay. I look forward to listening to you in the future. Thanks. Thanks, man. Dude, thank thank you. you. That's a great, that's a well thought out fan theory. Absolutely. Mike Schulte stamp of approval. I, Look at that. That is in the canon. If yep. we had it's a, official. If we had a thing, if we had a, like a whole storyline. It's in the, like a little it's notebook. Confused Breakfast yeah. Ether. That's what yeah. it is. It's, <laughs> it's out there. It's in there. We confirm it. Good job. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, boys, it's time to introduce today's movie. On this episode, we discuss a movie and director that were supposed to be the next big thing in Hollywood. A movie that was re reduced to nearly nothing and gaining major cult status with college-age bros who most likely went out to get Veritas and Aquitas tattoos after watching this movie. Dude. Controversial, action-packed, star-studded. We are, of course, talking about 1999's The Boondock Saints. Yeah. This was that was the song. Fun fun story. That was the song that was playing in the in the club that uh, Willem Dafoe's character was in. Oh yeah, it was just Mortal Kombat. Just, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. he shows up at the same party as Sonya Blade. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, for those of you looking to watch this again, we know you own it on DVD, but yeah. if you can't yeah. find it, Amazon Prime. Yeah, you got that Prime. You can stream that for free. Isn't that great? Isn't that you a just great? Go thing? for it. Yeah, you go Love for it. it, and then you avoid All Saints Day at all cost. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Okay. Know, hey, man. Whatever, man. Hey. He's been hinting at this All Saints Day love he all has. podcast long since we started two years ago. <laughs> We're going to find out what he actually has to say Somehow about it. Somehow in wait. our first episode ever wait, wait, talking wait. about Hocus Pocus, you, you mentioned All Saints Day. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're not doing All Saints Day? God damn it. <laughs> I, I fucking quit. You no. tricked me. <laughs> All right, so in order to properly dissect and review this movie with a modern eye, we must first discuss it with pure nostalgia. AJ, let's start with you. Tell us about the first time you saw the original Boondock Saints and what your nostalgic rating is. I'll tell you what, I, I probably didn't even have to see it because there were plenty of guys walking around with kilts on my high school <laughs> quoting Boondock Saints. That should be illegal. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. How many times uh, do you get called fuck ass? Fuck ass. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I just kept hearing these, like a couple of people just being like, oh, we're, we're good. Yes, we are. I'm just like, God, <laughs> stop it. All right. But uh, I did end up watching it finally. And I don't think I saw it until like late in my high school career. Okay. Mm. And it was probably like a, there was probably like a friend screening at somebody's house. Oh, yeah. And, but I watched it and I was highly entertained by it. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a lot of fun and the hype didn't kill it for me. I was very surprised at that. And so, yeah, I think if I was going to give it uh, the old nostalgic rating, 
sitting there in a dark room on a couch, probably by myself, uh, for, for the other other people in the room, you know, I would probably say, oh, uh, six point eight. Six point eight, Sean. What about you, man? Yeah, this is uh, I a time in my life where I just consumed movie after movie. Or oh, I was yeah. like, I, I love movies. I want to be, I want to be Tarantino. When I grow up, I want to watch all his movies. I want to watch all the movies that were inspired by him and everything like that. And obviously as we'll find out, this was one of them. So I just went to the movie movie store and got whatever I could. And this is one of them. Uh, I watched it and I fucking loved it. I loved the slow-mo violence. You know, it just, it reminded me of Tarantino or like John Woo yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and then the story was was just really cool. I just love the revenge aspect and just like, yeah, we're going to get ours over the, the crime-ridden city, you know. Uh, and I loved it. Uh, I have to say back then it was probably like a 7.5. Nice. 7.5 for Sean. This was I, – I have a feeling many of the people listening to this are the same way that I was. I was a freshman in college living in the dorms. In 2000, and you this know, is a the, ten for Mike. Oh, oh, this is this is a fucking ten for me. Like this Damn. was all the dudes. Somebody, one of my buddies in the dorm was like, "Dudes, have you heard about Boonock Saints?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Dude, oh man, like they wouldn't release it because of Columbine." And it's like, <laughs> "It's so crazy, we need to watch it." So like, ten of us got into a dorm room, illegally drank beer, legally smoked weed, and watched this. Fucking blew my mind. I I I've probably watched this movie more than any other movie I've watched nice. in my entire life. Wow. Wow. It's, it is a tradition to watch this every morning on St. Patrick's Day while we're like gearing up for the parade. It just what became a tradition. While it you're is, putting your Berettas while, in your coat and everything yes, like that. Exactly. I, it felt like I was onto something that no one else was onto when I first saw this movie. Because <laughs> yeah. no did. one had seen this yeah. movie. And it became that word of mouth, that true to the form cult classic yeah, movie. Right. Uh, so, dudes, I am a straight up 10 nice. for a nostalgic rating. So, is that, that, is that your first 10 nostalgic? I, it might be. Okay. You want me to check real quick? Eh, we can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look back. No, 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 no. I'm already Rad's a 10. Rad's, Rad's a 10. 10. Wasn't uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles maybe a 10? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I had a couple 10s, that's okay. for sure. A uh, couple nostalgic 10s. Nostalgic 10. Here's one more for you. Uh, T T M N N T. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that gives us a nostalgic rating of eight point one as a group, wow. which puts us, you guys, that puts us all the way up to. Let's see here. That's just above Lethal Weapon, just below Blank Check for number for number nine. Wait. Number nine. That's, no, this nostalgic rating. Nostalgic rating. This movie is not as good as what? Blank Check was for us as a kid. I will say that AJ at the age he saw Blank. Check definitely liked Blank Check more than uh, yes. AJ who saw <laughs> yes. Food Doc Saints at that age. Just barely. Just a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I don't like any of that. More. Hey, no, but that is, the, that is what we do on this podcast. Nostalgia is different than modern <laughs> That's day. That's right. Nostalgia is right. all the fuck over the oh, board. Like, we don't even know what the fuck's going yeah. on. Oh, it's way different. Well, <laughs> just for reference, Sean, uh, for, for our nostalgic rating, Princess Bride is the lowest score, you guys. Oh, yeah. So okay. I'm just going to throw it out. It's a girl. It's there's a girl no, movie. There's no girls in this movie. Girl movies. <laughs> all right, so next we like to like down all the pertinent, important details of the movie. Sean, that is your job. You should fucking do it. All right. Produced yeah. by Lloyd Sagan. I don't know if there's any relation to Carl. Oh, Ellie Samaha. Okay. Sam I hope so. Samaha and Chris Brinker. Music by Jeff Dana. 
uh, and Troy Duffy. Uh, <laughs> cinematography by Adam Kane, edited by Bill Durande, and written and directed by Troy Duffy. Mm. Cast, Sean Patrick Flannery, Norman Reedus, David De La Roca, Billy Connolly, David Ferry, Brian Ma- Mahoney, Bob Marley. What? And Willem Dafoe. I don't remember seeing him. I don't in remember it. seeing it. I don't think there was any black people in this movie, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I don't think there was. I don't think there was. <laughs> After seeing a drug dealer take money from a corpse across the hall from his apartment, writer and director Troy Duffy was inspired to write the script for Boondock Saints. Duffy had never written anything before. Right. I also heard that he like he's working at a bar and he saw this happen to a, a dead child. So I don't know what story's correct and There's what's not. There's a lot but of stories behind how he came up with this. Yeah. You know? um, I'm sure all of them are inflated like his <laughs> ego. Uh, the film was tossed around quite a bit in Hollywood, originally being at New Line, and then um, Miramax wanted it, and Paramount were also wanting it, and they got into a bidding war for the script, eventually ending up at, at an independent studio called Franchise Pictures. So when it was at Miramax, they funded it and gave it $15 million budget, and we're going to offer Troy Duffy to like have a partnership in the bar he worked at, like yeah. part owner and of full it. full rights for his band to write. Yeah. To, like they basically gave his band um, a, a deal. record deal, yeah. too. Yeah. At the same time. It's crazy. And they just they just said no. This is an un- <laughs> this is an unheard unheard of thing, especially at the time, because it's all like this doesn't happen. No. Harvey Weinstein basically just came through and gave him everything he wanted yeah. for, for this script, essentially. And then took it all away. Correct. And <laughs> yeah. then took it once, all away. Once they realized who Troy Duffy was, they're like, we're <laughs> right. going to take that back. Once Harvey Weinstein <laughs> yeah, realized who Troy so, Duffy was. So how bad? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Ugh, gross. I hope we get to talk about him a little bit more. No, no, no. I would on. like to keep talking about Troy Duffy. We'll- okay, well, I don't want to talk about Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what I mean. I, I, like, I hope we get to talk about it a little bit more. No, so, I think yeah. we will, because okay, that's kind of my confliction on this of entire course. movie. Yeah. Stephen Dorff, Nikki Cat, Ewan McGregor, Brendan Fraser, and Mark Wahlberg were all considered for the brothers in the film. Wahlberg turned down the role to do Boogie Nights. Good oh, move. yeah. Sweet move. Yep. Kenneth Branagh, Patrick Swayze, Sylvester Stallone, Bill Murray, and Mike Myers, uh, and Robert De Niro, sorry, were all considered for, for Agent Smecker. Yeah. <laughs> they, while at Miramax, um, they wanted Sylvester Stallone really, really bad. Can you just real time out? Uh, can you picture Sylvester Stallone in the role of Smecker in, in the in the scene where he's in the bed or even like the cross-dressing scene. Like Like, one of the most completely flamboyant and amazing characters in a movie. I can't No, with, with that, with the expendables guy. No, (laughs) Uh, eventually, eventually landing on Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus and Willem Dafoe for the three main roles and finally receiving the budget required. Filming began in Toronto with most of the final scenes being shot in Boston. So franchise pictures gave it, I think an $8 million budget. Mm. And so that's what they had to work with. The film was released on a very limited amount of screens. I think only like five. <laughs> no, it was like five days and like six screens. Yeah. <laughs> and was, they just pulled it right away. Yeah. Limited amount of screens around the U.S. And with Columbine just happening, release studios were very hesitant to touch it. Making a deal with Blockbuster to release the film exclusively through them, the film gained notoriety through word of mouth and became a cult hit, yep. as Mike said. We this is a, what our this is a sticker right here. You yeah. know, it's it's Blockbuster ripoff. This is what we talk about all the time. Yeah, good for them for making this kind of happen. You know, yeah. like it's it's a really cool thing. I've never really read anything, especially the movies that we've covered, of an independent film having 
you know, basically a conglomerate, a rental place, yeah, yeah. make yeah. their mark. Let's do this. I mean, yeah. smart move. Have you guys seen the documentary about Troy Duffy? Yes. It's called Overnight. Yeah, uh, I haven't. It's it absolutely will blow you away. The, 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 re- the remembrances I have of it is basically Troy Duffy's such a piece of shit egomaniac that when he got this deal, he hired his friends to like film a documentary about how he's going to be the next best thing. Yeah. yeah. But he was such a piece of shit that his friends basically turned it into just showing the world how shitty Troy Duffy is. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's bad, dude. Like he it, it was. So is he, it like a bias thing or is, or is it that? It's hard to say. Does that just come across? It, it comes across. And I mean, like watching this, I don't care if they're spinning it a little bit. It's it's virtually impossible to take away any sort of love for Troy Duffy gotcha. in this you, movie. You can't spin the way he talks to and about people. Gotcha. You can't do it. He is egomaniac, yes. and this just inflated it like really crazy. Oh, I bet. I, I mean, think he was already that type of yeah, person. Fucking imagine you know, that, man. I can't. Like $15 million, your band just gets signed, and you own a bar now, and then you're going to make a movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Yeah, his band is going to take this <laughs> record deal. They are going to write the soundtrack, essentially. He The, the band managers are the ones who are like i believe shooting, yeah they were the shooting ones shooting the, it for him the film gotcha. for him like he tries to basically say like i don't know what you've earned at this point it's it's really really, really. bad it's, it's bad his uh he even i mean these are a few quotes from him that yeah. will make you blow your mind Great. he called he rejected uh brad he refused to meet with brad Pitt oh yeah i read that because he'd already played an irishman <laughs> and then he rejected keanu reeves calling him yeah. a fucking punk and yeah. ethan Hawke calling him a talentless fool Yes. Like, you can't say that as a guy who wears fucking overalls and looks like a piece of shit. (laughs) Have you listened to his band? Uh Uh-uh. Dude, the way he talks in this documentary is that his band will literally be the next biggest thing in the entire world in the history of rock. They will change rock and roll. Go. He first of all, they were called the Brood, the Brood. Yeah. and then he had the idea the to change him to wrestling in WWF. <laughs> then he's like, "I'll change the band name to the Boondock Saints." Right. Go go on your Spotify and and do Boondock Saints, and there will be one album. Just hit play on the first track. It's unlistenable. Okay. It is unlistenable. The amount of people I've met while playing music <laughs> in my life like that yes. is staggering. Yes. Yeah. And one stands out that's like that sounds just like this. Guy. Guy and it's just and when I heard his band, Jeremy. <laughs> when, I, when I heard his, he's like, dude, we're gonna blow your mind. When I heard his band, I'm like, this. I was like trying to be open minded. Like I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll blow my mind. No, yeah, you, you should watch. Just imagine giving that person fifteen million dollars. Exactly. Well, and like, see, that's another thing. And we'll, sorry, we can move this on. But like, just another thing about that is just like, imagine being so young, receiving all of this, yeah, and the promise of that, and like, it's got to inflate your ego a little bit. But if you're gonna go dickhead about it then I, I can't respect you it really and, went over the top and this could this could be like i could again i'm i don't know troy duffy and, and we're exactly. basing this yeah, off of this exactly but yeah. weren't there but, and i can't yeah. imagine what it'd be like to get promised all this and then have it taken away yeah um and in fact then i guarantee you that all these negative reviews we're going to get into critically mm-hmm. is strictly harvey weinstein being like bury that fucking movie because yeah. he's a bigger piece of shit than yeah. troy duffy is so yeah. i mean we're dealing with just 
straight up piece. How many times am I going to say piece of shit? Piece I don't know. Of shit. <laughs> oh, man. As many yeah. times as they say fuck in this movie. So there's <laughs> our review of, uh, what's it called? The documentary? The uh, oh, overnight. 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 Yeah, yeah. In fact, you should watch it. It's it's worth It's like two ninety nine on yeah. Amazon. Just rent it. It's worth it. It's, it's, it's an interesting story. It's super fun. The One of the last things that's said in the, uh, in the documentary is just a note, and it says, because they did end up keeping the record deal. They got the yeah. record deal, right, for the band. <laughs> and they when it launched... It, they sold 690 <laughs> copies of this CD in, in like five weeks, six weeks, yep. in the first six weeks, and the record label dropped it uh, instantly, yeah. and uh, it was done. When you listen to it, you'll understand why. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get in the film review, AJ does the research for us, hooks us up with ratings and reviews. Let's hear what you got, man. You know what we're about to do? <laughs> the the tomato meter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a big old splat. It's a big splat. This is one of the probably the bigger splats we've had. I don't think the biggest. This is a twenty eight percent. So that takes uh, us to the bottom six. Okay, uh, that is slightly worse than heavyweight. Slightly better than the Mighty Ducks. Oof. Okay. Uh, critic. I, I mean, I don't trust critics. Both but movies that are just so much better than. <laughs> <laughs> Audiences disagreed wholeheartedly at ninety one percent. Wow! So, so this is wow. this is our largest discrepancy between audience and critics. I yeah. I'm going to put it out there. I think this is the biggest discrepancy of any movie ever made. It might Quite possibly. Be. Made. I don't know of anyone that could be that that big of a difference. Sixty three points difference between the audience and the critics. Yeah. I wonder. I want to. I'm curious. Like, if we ever cover the room by Tommy Wiseau okay. or something like that, who is mm. who has graced us with his presence this entire yeah, he, time? Yeah. He is always here watching over. Um, but. <laughs> I wonder like what that difference is because it's an like if it's a bad movie like badly made it's as we always talk about if it's entertaining then it's not bad right right you know? but yeah, yeah. sorry AJ. no you're fine uh, IMDb gave it a 7.7 7. that's uh, that's tied with Princess Bride and just above Dazed and Confused no wow. for IMDb rating for the movies we've done no how about that <laughs> I'm taking this poster down. I'm leaving. <laughs> Put a boot. We should have had a Boondock Saints poster. <laughs> we should. Everybody well, had one at we one point. We got Reservoir Dogs. Now we should <laughs> have Boondock Saints. Out of the four of us in this room, there are four <laughs> Boondock Saints posters that exist. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> um, if we're talking about some critical reviews, I just got a good one and I got a bad one. Uh, most of the things that you'll find, they're bad. Um, it definitely sounds like uh, during that documentary, when I was watching it, um, an interview or a, a journalist from the Washington Post saw Harvey Weinstein uh, out and about, basically. And the first thing Weinstein brought up was Boondock Saints after everything else. But you never heard about the movie. She said he is out there basically crushing this. Yeah, that's what that's her take on this. Really, in a nutshell. Yeah. So the uh, so he gave it a budget, abandoned it, and then just and then said tried it. to smush it. Correct. Think about how much money they have, probably. I don't know. Um, probably the one place that was going to give this a positive review, the Boston Globe. Yeah. <laughs> and Japan, but we, you yeah, know, yeah, we don't Boston, speak Japan. But no. <laughs> uh, 75. Uh, Joan, uh, Joan Anderman said, uh, Duffy navigates the twisted collision of r religious faith and the thrill of the kill, altruism and brutality with an ingenious mix of humor, horror, mysticism and just plain hipness hmm. uh the av club gave it a 30 out of 100 nathan rabin said as written and directed by newcomer troy duffy the boondock saints is all style and no substance a film so gleeful in its endorsement of vigilante justice that it almost veers or ascends into self-parody hmm. um 
there's a lot of of reviews. If, if you fi- if you look at negative reviews on this, they're very serious. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. Well, very. You're, serious. you're probably diving into some religious territory yes. here, and yeah, there's a lot of they they view it very like hateful, very yes. violent. You know, rip off of Tarantino. Everybody's yeah. talking about. And if you're gonna rip uh, anybody off, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Come on. <laughs> Uh, the guy who rips everybody else off. <laughs> I think I've got these in order, so I'm, I've got a few that I wanted to go through for listeners here. Okay. Uh, Ryan Beers, four months ago. Nice. Gave this four out of five stars. He said, this movie is slash was beyond as awesome as can be. This movie is beyond underrated. The main characters are perfectly cast, as are the supporting characters. All in all, this movie is excellent and a bit highly vulgar, as well as highly violent, which is why this movie has very well earned its R rating for its gruesome images, as well as the vulgarity contained in this movie film slash film, which I personally have enjoyed the vulgarity of this movie, as well as the violence I've also always felt the more vulgar slash violent a movie is the better it was this movie is also pretty comedical which is some of the quick quips jokes slash jokes that doc comes up with that they're hilariously funny lots of emojis afterwards no punctuation Lots of oh, capitalization. Wow. Oh, wow. That's really, I can't even look at that <laughs> right now. Is that in all caps? All caps. <laughs> Lots of emojis. Absolutely. And then he, there's like points where it's not capital. So I just wanted to make sure I got his point across. <laughs> so, you know, the right Good way. Job, man. Yeah, thank yeah. thank so you. That's thank why you. you're on this segment. Uh, I do my best, guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, lo, uh, Love and Live and Nola, 10 months ago, said, uh, very entertaining movie, loved by all I know who have watched it, men and women. Okay. Isn't that really what one wants in a movie? The boorish critics will try to pick it apart, but this movie will keep you watching and interested far better and longer than many critically acclaimed movies. Examples? Cold Mountain. And I used to live near a cold mountain. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> By the way, love Renee Zellweger, but her accent was all awful. <laughs> Not even close to accurate. Out of Africa, The Great Gatsby, etc. Boondock Saints is more fun and doesn't take itself too seriously. So this guy was, was took like a film class <laughs> comparing the movie to Cold Mountain. Yeah, <laughs> this guy took like a film class, was watching like classic movies like Citizen Kane. He's like, "This fucking sucks." Yeah. <laughs> when are we gonna review Boondock Saints? <laughs> yeah. Guy or a gal? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this is a little bit of a longer one, but this is a ten out of ten, guys. Okay. okay. All right. Mike this is the last Schulte. one, <laughs> and it was from Mike Schulte. MTV Snuff Film is what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's me. No, actually, it's uh, unless your username is Road Lust. Uh, May fifteenth of two thousand five. I was, I was a touring musician back then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Check out Brian Jones. Uh, it's on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that the basis for Pink Floyd. <laughs> I hope so. Stones. Right. Uh, it's fitting that again, porn star Ron Jeremy has a bit a bit part in this. Only in America could people having sex get an X rated. F- get an X rating while the snuff film can be shown in every kitty mall multiplex in the nation with a, a mere. Rated R. He's got a point. If you think that playing Grand Theft Auto while Grandma visits on Mother's Day is entertaining, you'll certainly consider this wonderful fun. If you have a shred of humanity left in you, you won't. Mm. <laughs> a neighbor loaned me the DVD with lavish praise and reminded me why I've never been over to her apartment. But I was so <laughs> impressed and appalled, I registered with IMDb just to post this glowing tribute. Subtract the ingeniously varied F-word bleeding from the mouths of the salon-coiffed pretty boy cast. 
shoving their fully erect pistols into various faces and blowing brains against the walls over and over and over again. And you essentially have a silent movie of a high-speed slaughterhouse with an MTV soundtrack. Okay. Last part here. To understand the story of this film, you simply take the logic of a national of the National Rifle Association, <laughs> multiply by the number of of executions of Governor Bush's last year in Texas, okay. and divide by the average IQ of a 13-year-old puppy killer. But to be fair, the story, in quotes, <laughs> is not really any more important than in any other porn film. Duh. It's about the killing, dude. Or even better, domination and killing. Or best of all, kick-ass rockin' and domination and killin'. <laughs> Check it out or save yourself further damage, depending on whether or not you're still human or not. That was a 10 out of 10. That wow. was a 10 out of 10. I can't, I don't know what it's trying to say. I don't either. George Bush is in there. <laughs> I, uh, what, I, what I gathered from it is that they watch a lot of porn. Okay. Yeah. And um, Ron Jeremy is a... a American is a bit, Idol. Yeah, yep, yep. absolutely. And uh, they, were, they really enjoyed this film. Um, but they didn't. But, right. They hated it, but they loved it. <laughs> I feel like that's ten you, out of ten. I feel like that's how you get a movie like this is like from your creepy neighbor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So who's a, your creepy lady neighbor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never been to her. Here, watch this as she's like puke, like coughing up some yeah. sort of phlegm that's yeah. gonna kill her later and showing it to you. That's true. <laughs> well, you done, age? I'm done, guys. All right, we are seconds away <laughs> from reviewing this movie, scene by scene, with a modern eye. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite way to watch movies especially these nostalgic movies from our past. I grab my notebook and pen. I sit on my comfy couch. My cat, Sergeant Meowenstein, instinctively crawls into my lap, and I sip a glass of Cedar Ridge whiskey. It is the perfect way to relax my mind, ease the stresses of life, and allow me to focus on the movie without distraction. Many times I choose their incredible flagship bourbon, which was just named the number one selling bourbon in the state of Iowa for the second year in a row, and I make an old-fashioned. Sometimes I prefer the quintessential American single malt, neat in a fancy glass. Other times I take a bottle of number nine, their collaboration with Slipknot, and Fuck I pour it over a single large cube and let it marinate. If you're a whiskey drinker or have someone in your life who is, please stop by your local liquor store and pick up a bottle. If you don't have it available in your area, you can go online and have it shipped directly to your door. We promise that it's amazing, and we know you will love it. These guys are in our backyard and are quickly becoming one of the best whiskey distilleries in the U.S. For more information and ordering links, go to cedarridgewhiskey.com. The link is also at confusedbreakfast.com and in the episode notes, cedarridgewhiskey.com. You won't be disappointed with your decision. Please drink responsibly. Cedarridgewhiskey.com. Cedarridgewhiskey.com. Well, I want to sip too. You got to sip while I read the whole thing. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my dudes, what do you say that we interpret the symbology of a dream as a call from God to kill all the evil people in the world and maybe a cat? We can gloss over the symbology of all the racism, misogyny, and homophobia because we're doing the Lord's work. Right. <laughs> hey, fuck ass. Give me a beer. Here we go. That's how this podcast started. All right, so scene number one in Boston, two Irish-American brothers, Connor and Murphy McManus, attend Mass. Later, while celebrating St. Patrick's Day with friends, a brawl ensues with Russian mobsters. The next morning, two of the Russians seek revenge on Connor and Murphy, but Connor and Murphy kill them. 
FBI agent Paul Smecker is assigned to the case. As the police begin a manhunt for the killers, Connor and Murphy arrive at the police station to clear their names. During the initial interrogation, Smecker believes their story and allows them to stay overnight in a holding cell to evade the press. As soon as the movie started, I like the Lord's Prayer is being sung, mm-hmm. said, something about uh, sermoned, and it. I almost fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what what other movies start out like this? Pretty much every single one of them that, that like involves like revenge or, or do, some do sort of Do they always killing. start in a church? Yeah. I don't. It's weird. It's like kind of right. Yeah. Is it so you can feel safe because you're in a church? Yeah, and maybe. Yeah, but steal I, that safety away. I from wouldn't you? feel safe if the the sermon was talking about someone getting raped and killed and their head cut off. Like, what are you like? There's, ch- there's literally children yeah, oh, in yeah, this yeah. church yeah. and you're talking about someone getting like murdered and raped and stuff like while While no one did anything <laughs> and they all watched. The killer walked away. <laughs> now, thanks father McCaffrey for joining us. Let's talk about rape. Father McElpenny. McElpenny. Sorry. <laughs> no, and actually the Kitty Genovese story has been debunked That's, forever. It's like yeah. not even a real story. That's None okay. of the things he said was, was essentially true in that mm. story. So he's basically just spewing lies to help uh, put this thought into our brother's head of the indifference and, of good and to men, get right? money out of it. I'm sorry. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. If you t- see two skinny white guys stand up in the middle of church <laughs> with trench coats, with on. with big jackets, big on, old jackets, and walk to the front of it, say a prayer, and then kiss the feet, uh, the base of of that statue. By the way, ew. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't know what's been there. You get the hell out of that church immediately. <laughs> yeah, you do not stick around for those guys nope. to make any decisions whatsoever. <laughs> okay, no. There is. They're not just going to turn around because that that situation nine times out of ten does not go that way. Nope. Yeah. All right. And growing up in the Catholic Church myself, uh, we used to get uh, yelled at pretty pretty hard for leaving after communion because my family's like, let's get the fuck out, beat yeah. everybody out of the parking lot. Yeah. Exactly. They they didn't even make it through the sermon and they they're didn't. leaving. Yeah. Sorry, got to go to work. Father's homily is going on. They just stand up in the middle. That's, they weren't that's, even listening. They were praying during the fucking sermon. They weren't listening. Yeah. The, you know, technically, mass is just interrupting their time. <laughs> in the church. <laughs> That's what's basically happening here. <laughs> I know they go to church later in the film, but they they have to be there? Like, they could just do it in their shitty loft apartment you don't above know, a you bar? You don't get it, man. The Irish Catholics, dude. Yeah, they yeah, have, have to be it. there. You have okay. to be there. Gotta okay. be there, bro. Can I can I ask about when he said uh, that Murphy says to Connor that like Monsignor's finally getting I, the point? I do believe the Monsignor's finally got the point. Got the point. And what what the is the indifference he? of good men? Okay, is what he's questioning. You okay. know, he's questioning like why do, why don't we do something when there's evil in the world? Right. Like, why do we just stand by and let it happen? So that's what the ass- sermon was about. Are we assuming that that they've had conversations with him about this then or something? I like, think we're assuming that they have believed this all their life and okay. that like the Monsignor's finally got the point. I see. Okay. You know? It just didn't there wasn't much like you know to it. No. no. I'm just there's asking. There's a lot there's a lot of things that he goes he, <laughs> Troy Duffy goes overboard in so many aspects of this film like Sean you're you're into the making of films and the dissection of that like whenever they put up who the person is on the screen and yeah. like pause and go this is their name this is where they're from this is what they do for the guy they work yeah, for. Yeah. It's like okay, like you couldn't, we couldn't just figure that out in the story. Yeah. So like he overly tells some things, but then in some things he just like the dream later that we'll get to. There's yeah. 
Like, wait, what happened? There's like a lot of influences happening all in one yeah. thing. And then like it, as we'll get to it, it just kind of falls apart a little bit for me. Yeah. But like, it's definitely like a Guy Ritchie touch. Right. You know, like that's what I, that's the first thing I thought of. It was like, oh, they're doing the snatch thing. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. lock, stock and two smoking barrels thing. Yeah. Um, the, what do you guys think of like the intro credit montage after like the cold open? Like the work, you mean at yeah, work, like the meat packing plan, everything like that. It, it yeah. might be the nostalgia talking, but I, it, I think it's pure perfection. You because like it? this fucking song, as a, <laughs> as an Irishman myself, that's yeah. about ready to celebrate the real St. Patrick's Day, not the one on the Saturday before. Uh, you know, like it's a beautiful <laughs> song. It's called the the Blood of Cuckoo Lane, composed by Jeff Dana and Michael Dana. Uh, it, uh, so not Lane. Troy Duffy. No, oh, no, 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 okay. no. Cuckoo Lane was like <laughs> Celtic, Celtic mythology or whatever. But okay. I, I love when there's a good song mixed with actual things that are happening to yeah. advance advance the plot of sorts like it does get like this sort of mix of tones across because there's just like the the serious catholic church and then there are two brothers fucking around and stuff you know like if someone slapped me in the face with like a huge <laughs> rack of fucking ribs i imagine that that is your nose would bust yep. yeah in fucking a million pieces like that looked brutal yeah i don't know if that was like fake or not or like they just got like a I, it looked uh, real. It looked, looked real it to me. To <laughs> looked real to me. And then he starts going at him with that that tongue. Yeah, I get it. Oh, they're the plucky Irish brothers who work in the meat packing yeah. plant. Oh, that's just the that's just the brothers. Just Everyone the brother. likes them. Everybody does like Everybody them. Everybody loves them <laughs> except, <laughs> the, except the bed lady. Wow. Yeah, she does not like them. And that's a, and that's the beginning of some of the tropes in the movie, or yeah. some of the things that were that are kind of like maybe back then you're like oh, this is awesome, and now yeah. you're kind of like. Meh. Yeah, you know, like there's there's a little bit of weird tone going on there. Like, she clearly does come at them in a very uh, bitchy manner of like, aggressive hey, dude, way. Just, like, yeah, just St. Patrick's Day, we're having fun, but yet they're also like <laughs> punching a lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. He punches <laughs> he a lady, like, I mean, just decks her. You know what? He, he getting that kick to the nuts. That looked real. I, yeah. <laughs> okay, that looked real, and I'll tell you what. Oh, that shit. is Yeah, and I love I love the fact that the manager sees this all happen. Right, <laughs> it's happened before. Oh yeah, he's like, yeah. no, not again. Dang it! But then he's at the bar drinking with them later. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. I feel, everybody I feels feel like Manus brother. Feel like he had to fire man. him because of that. But he's just like. He's like <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas. They, but they understood. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> we were actually hoping to get fired today because it's St. Patrick's Day. So yeah. we, we can be hungover and shit tomorrow and, and possibly kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, do you, did you pick up on a lot of the things I over dissected this movie for when back in the day? Like, I mean, I tried to think real hard about some of this stuff. They, yeah. Troy Duffy made a a serious point to make these brothers do things in unison. Mm. I don't know if you noticed it, but cigarette lighting. Oh, the cigarette lighting. The the they're always walking on. The the same feet everywhere they walk they're side by side everything oh. they do is in almost perfect unison just putting this like crazy bond between the two of them it's yeah. the subconscious way of showing how tight they are and yeah. how in unison they are i i always thought that was pretty cool that is cool I, sure. didn't, I didn't really notice that yeah yeah that's uh yeah i didn't pick up on it either <laughs> well how about that uh back to the future rip off joke from doc yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't the, the, the 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 yeah, you make like a tree and get the and fuck get, out of get here? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Obviously, adding an F bomb to yeah, it. Yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah, that that whole bar scene. 
That's like what I want the bars to be like. That's what yeah. I, that's what I want to do on St. Patrick's. Yes, I don't want to. I don't want to like bar hop. I want like my buds in one place, just like a place we're comfortable in, and just fucking yeah. drink the whole goddamn and it, night. And it legitimately looks like they're having the best time. Oh yeah, Doc Bar. Eight of looks- them have. And Troy Duffy is actually in that scene. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, the, the fucking guy in the overalls. Weird. Pretty much, <laughs> it's all Troy Duffy's band. Yeah. Like, and for, are, yeah. are the other people that they're hanging out with? They work in the plant, and they and they're there at the bar. And uh, I I I recognized finally. I went back and saw Troy Duffy there. Yeah, and I was like, there he is. There oh, he is. There's overalls. <laughs> <laughs> overalls McGonagall. Overall. Overnight overalls. <laughs> Oh. I like I like the aspect of them too, like loving this bar so much yeah. that they'll like literally beat up Russian mafia yeah. dudes, like the most brutal mafia big in ass, the world. Big ass dudes, huge dudes, just to protect it. Like I like that. Like no, this is our shithole. You yes. know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't have it. Okay, exactly. <laughs> we made it this way, McGinty. So, McGinty's. Sean, what do you think nowadays about this? This we we see what's about to happen and yeah. then it goes away and then we get to we get to like be like holy shit what the fuck happened like as a as a kid in college i just thought this was the coolest fucking shit i've ever seen and it blew my mind that i'm like oh shit okay now what what happened like we're going to figure out what happened this is awesome like it's so good. Yeah. how does that hold up nowadays for you i think it's a, still a cool idea yeah. i i really do i think it's obviously tarantino so much in there of that, you know, um, but it's cool to have the aspect of like an investigation, like a detective trying to figure out what happened with that kind of trope. And it's, this is back in the day when, when everyone was like starting to do that, you yeah. know, like obviously he took it from uh, Tarantino, but why not? You know, it's, it's a really cool idea and it works. Yeah. It just doesn't work six or seven <laughs> fucking times. Okay. Okay. I, I'll, I will get to it, but like it's, I do, I do. I was like, while watching, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember like they they do like the time thing, yep. like mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Like a lot of AMC shows will just do that now. They'll do like the cold open, like, oh, how did we get here? How did we end up you here? You know, yeah. Everyone does it now, and it's basically because of these movies. And yeah, this one that's included. true. I think it was. I, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's fun, and and um, it still it still did work for me. Yeah, I, I was I was all in. It still it makes cool. me excited. Like, oh, yeah. oh fuck yeah! I like you want it now, even knowing the movie, you can't wait for the for the bar fight. But yeah. then they make you wait. You're like, I mean, oh, shit. I know. Okay. Okay. Fine. We got to meet Smecker first. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Dude, and it's Sony Walkman. Dude. <laughs> did that so many times. But I had Jinko jeans, so I had the, the huge pocket so I could fit it in Did there. you have the anti-skip, though? The, I was oh, just yeah. say. Which was oh, yeah. a total lie, but he, you had it at yeah. least, right? <laughs> he, he was probably walking way too fast and hard for that not to be skipping. <laughs> God, God damn it. Oh, God. Shit, hold on. I can't detect. There's no oh, way. Oh, my batteries ran out. <laughs> who's, who's put my bass boost on? Who's, <laughs> no, not for classical. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> who's the, who's the uh, shithead detective that he always makes fun it's of? It's Green, Green, Green That Which is Bob Marley. Bob yeah, Marley, Bob yeah. Marley. He would, he would have him go get double Crazy the batteries. Crazy makeup. But. Dude, I... <laughs> I love the talk I've, about white face. <laughs> I think Greenlee's one of my favorite characters in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of fun, uh, and I love the I love the the dynamic between those three detectives and Smecker as this yeah. movie goes on. You've got what Greenlee, Dolly, and Duffy. Yeah, yes. like I just love that aspect of of this movie and how they're always like fucking with each other. Yeah. even when they get out of the elevator, uh, they go up to the top, and Greenlee's like, "I ain't getting him no fucking bagel," Fuck. and Duffy just goes. 
<laughs> like, yeah. They've been oh, dealing no. with each other's shit for yeah. so long. Yeah. You know they have. And they, and apparently they're, they must be so bad at their job that it takes three of them on a case <laughs> to, to do this. <laughs> and then there's, they pawn everything off on Duffy where he's, yeah. he's just like, the first scene was seeing me just like, that is pretty good. <laughs> I love that establishing shot. Just like, just all right. So these two are kicking the shit out of each other, right? <laughs> Where are you going? Nowhere. Fucking nowhere. <laughs> That's probably a line that a lot of people. A lot of people in, yep, in high school. Oh yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I think he is the reason I would ever watch this movie again. Really. Absolutely one of the craziest performances ever. Like, I think he's having such a blast with this. Like it. And it, it it's definitely shows. And I'm, I, I can't... Every movie he's in, he elevates. And pretty much everything he's in, I like. Yeah. But this is just like... This is his platform to just fucking go crazy. And he does, yeah. man. It's so much fun to watch him. Yeah. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, this is why this movie's good. You know, you get to see a little bit of uh, in the in the overnight documentary about of, of uh, Duffy talking to yeah. um, Willem Dafoe a little bit, okay. kind of giving him direction uh, in the in the big shootout scene, um, like later on in the movie, uh, which is really cool. And like he gives him some good direction, mm. but then Dafoe's just like he's like, and then how does it end? And he's <laughs> he's like, well, you'll do this, and then I'll yell cut, and that's how it'll end. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's he's, it. He's got such great, like, just little mannerisms. Like, he go, he walks down the alleyway, <clears throat> he finds the bullet hole, yeah, and he solves the case, and he starts walking back, and he and he's doing this, and all of a sudden he yeah. just goes, he just shakes his head, like, <laughs> okay, I got to get back into tough detective shakes mode. It out. <laughs> just a little little subtlety there that he's just so good at. I love yeah. I love all the, uh, the character quirks like that yeah. where he's like I have to listen to classical music to yeah. do my thing like I love that and like later on in the movie like maybe he's not such a good detective we'll get to it but um <laughs> yeah I don't know it's it's I this probably maybe up there for my favorite Defoe yeah. roles he's so good at he this. kills it I agree he's he's definitely putting on a show for these guys it feels like or at least he's schooling them for yeah. sure and the other guys that's are who just, the fuck I am yeah yeah that's right <laughs> And the, the other the other three are literally just in school right now. That's all they're doing. Is yeah, just pay, they're just learning from him, and he's teaching along the way, which is actually kind of neat in the character dynamic. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. So so after they they solve it, we get to go back into time, and there's something that has always bothered me. This is the stuff that maybe I'm too much of a perfectionist that I can't understand how this still was like this to the final cut. Uh, Rocco. Yo, Boris, what would you do if I told you that your pinko commie mother sucks so much dick that her face looked like an egg? But he gets punched like halfway through saying face looks like an egg, but keeps saying it. Like, like it's really bad. It's like unbelievably noticeable. And I I don't understand how that can stay there. I kind of like that. I know what you're saying, though. It's like like, technically... yeah. Face looks like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Technically he's saying it like like he's got it all out before the punch. Yes. But I like the aspect that he's so ignorant and so he's like self-centered so that he's just like he's going to get it out whether or not he's being punched or not, you know. Regardless, <laughs> he's going to. Yeah. Oh my god, and that bar fight scene is just so fucking awesome. I think this is this is the big break into the movie. Yeah. That this really lets you know what you're in for. If you're a 19-year-old kid and you weren't into it yet, you're yeah. into it. Yeah. You're like, very into this movie <laughs> or or you're like or you're like uh 13 and watching this for the first time 
and you're way more like, oh, is that what bars are like? <laughs> oh, God. I don't want, oh, do you think no. bars are going to be a bigger oh, problem? No. <laughs> I really you thought, thought bars were going to be a scarier place. Is that like, guy a Russian? I was like, oh, my God. My dad said he's going to the bar. I go, oh, no, he shouldn't go there. That dude's bald and he's got a little bit of a beard. He must be Russian. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, dude, and then maybe maybe one of the things I think I've always loved most about this movie are is, is the bond that this movie portrays between Connor and Murph. Um, like, I, I did find a bonding moment in it with my brother, too, about this, because, like, I definitely showed him this movie, and I'm like, dude, it's okay. so cool how, how tight these brothers are, and I think one of those moments are is when they the mobsters come in and handcuff them to the toilet, and they take Murph away. Well, that look that Murph turns around and gives Connor, yeah. Yeah. like, bro, I love you, but, like, you better fucking what's, save me. Yeah. What's, what's like, we're going to do this. Figure and something out. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. And then, like, I know, I, I I fully believe him pulling that toilet off. Yeah. I do. Like, I fully believe, I'm, I'm not even going to say you can't do that, because I'm like, he did it. Yeah. I'm with you. I, he did it. Yeah. And then threw the fucking toilet off the roof. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine getting hit by a toilet from five stories? No, Lights because fucking I'd be dead. out, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead. Lights out. <laughs> Out, done for. Even like when he finishes the guy off with mm-hmm. with the top, the, with the bowl. Think about how heavy those are. Not the bowl, the, the oh, tank. Yeah, yeah the, the, the lid the or whatever. Lid, he just bad like that. I've seen that several times in movies like Saw or something like that. You know, and that would fucking destroy somebody. <laughs> yeah, you're you're done at that point. Yeah, but I I, I do like how it there there's inserts of like the, the bolt holes. Like that's what he's talking yep. about. That's why he pointed. Yeah, uh, and they show everything that he talked about. Yeah, it's it's a it's really smart. It's really cool. Yeah, man. Look, plumbing one hundred and one. You could have just gone back and unhooked, unscrewed the actual uh, end no out way, outgoing you know into there, and then just kind of worked your arms up and around the thing. Nope. It's okay. It's fine. But he did end up actually jumping. Technically six stories because they live on the fifth floor. So they going. were on the if that's the top, going to the fifth. The top. If that's so the top floor, then there's he's technically on the top, which okay, would be so six, yeah, right? Six, yeah. Which if you account for inflation <laughs> thirteen stories. It's essentially <laughs> just over ten stories in today. Let me reference the numbers. That's not how that the, works. Oh wait. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Shit. So either way, it's really freaking hot. He's become yes. this guy too much on the show, or we've just tainted well, him. Actually, Anytime there's numbers, well, he's like, "Well, you need to account for inflation." If yeah, he's six years my- old, <laughs> technically he's twelve. If you don't know, in '99. All right, let's move this on. So that night, Connor and Murphy receive a vision from God telling them to destroy all that is evil. They learn of a meeting of Russian syndicate bosses and kill them all. Rocco, a friend of the brothers and errand boy for the local mafia boss, Papa Joe Yakaveta, is also sent to infiltrate the meeting. Learning that he was betrayed, Rocco commits himself to helping Connor and Murphy after some drunken partying. Once again, Agent Smecker is brought to the front of the murder case. We did talk about that, but there's just... No explanation for this dream. I've seen countless messages from God scenes in movies, but this is just like they, they the the ceiling pisses on them, and then they have this vision collectively together. I mean, I'd wake up in a shock too if I had water pouring all over. Yeah, me, I that would be. I don't know if I'd get a message from God. Yeah. I'd be like, I have to piss now. <laughs> like, where am I? Why point. did we agree to stay here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but I probably. I'm guessing there's some overly religious applications here that's like baptism right that, well, that rainwater sure, is yeah. baptism sure. and they're, they're having the same dream waking up at the same time finishing the sentences of each other yeah I buy it for the movie uh, yeah for, for the sure. movie totally but it's just like maybe there could have been a little more explanation just a little bit more man just anything more I had to turn on the subtitles the last time 
I watched this movie for for research and stuff because there's a lot of like glossed over dialogue. Mm. Yeah. I feel like, and I didn't catch a lot of it until like the very last watch. Yep. This is kind of that, and what's nice is you get the you get to read the dialogue of like the prayers or the you know what the what their the dad is saying yep. or whatever in in their heads. Yeah, and I think that that kind of helps. Like the prayers are a more like deep version of like the mission now. The mission from God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these they're just the the Boone brothers is what they are. <laughs> the Boone brothers. <laughs> they're on a mission from God, and it's uh, just a lot bloodier. At this point, can we talk about like the brother? We you mentioned you like they seem like brothers for sure. Yeah. But what do we think of like the actors portraying the brothers and everything like? Well, that? Well, keep in mind like Norman Norman Reedus is a mega star worldwide because of The Walking Dead. Yeah, like right, right now right, in right the world. Now. Yeah, yeah right, he right had now. a whole, like whole campaign like don't kill Daryl or whatever. But, you know? Oh yeah, but he's like he was pretty much an unknown person right. at this point. Uh, and I thought I thought he's in Blade. Uh, yeah, two, Blade Two. Uh, just a yeah. few movies at that point. But I I I love. Sean Patrick Flannery. I love Norman Reedus. I mm-hmm. I do buy them as twin fraternal brothers. Yeah, I really can't see anybody else yeah. in these roles. Yeah. My only thing with, with Norman Reedus, his accent goes <laughs> it's more out than in ever in this entire <laughs> like I, I turn on the subtitles, they're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of language was that? And it's just like it I floats get it. in and out, doesn't it? I get it. He's not like the best actor of all time. He, but he serves this role, and it he does fine. Like, Sean Patrick Flannery's accents, yeah, probably I mean, a little over the top, but it's I think it's pretty good. I think. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's Irish. Yeah, <laughs> with that I think name. I actually thought he was Irish too. Is he not? Yeah, I don't think he. Well, I, I think he speaks um, in English like an American does. Sure. You know, like, but he's an Irish. But I'm sure he's of descent. Got yeah, you. he's got to be. It's one of the the the, the over the top point for me is after. After they kill the the Russian syndicate in the, oh, what do you think is in that little ba- bag <laughs> back there? The little case over <laughs> there. The little case over there. And he, he does like the the quick stomp, the T huh? stomp, and huh? I'm just like, oh, there's the cheeky Irish brothers but, again. But that feels so brotherly of them, <laughs> it does, like because and there's a dynamic between Connor and Murph that I really love that. Connor being Sean Patrick Flannery is sort of like he's the older one. Yeah. And yeah. he's and he's a little bit more like, no, we're this is what we're doing. Yeah. I'm the responsible one. We have to do this. Where Murph goofs off a lot more, but he's yeah. also more emotional. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh fuck it. Like he, yeah. he'll fly off the handle more. Yeah. And like Connor has to bring him down. I I've overanalyzed the a balance. lot about this movie, and yeah. it's and it that stuff works really well for me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but no, I don't think you are. It, 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 I I agree with you. Like their their whole brother yeah. brotherly love dynamic. I guess brother dynamic yeah. is perfect I think it's, I think it's perfectly as you like I didn't notice the yeah. the in sync yeah. kind of movements they had and I I love that about it uh yeah I mean uh, as we talk about like their relationship the movie's kind of going up for me right uh, as far as rating it's well balanced I guess is yeah. all I can say about it it's like like you say one's one's a little bit more evened out than the mature and then the other's the younger kid but but he a little more emotional. I like that. Yeah, I really like Papa Joe Yacoveta. So funny. <laughs> I don't know why I Dude. like him so much. You insignificant insignificant Little fuck. Little fuck. Revert to me for movie quotes. Okay, okay, I've seen it a million times. Yeah, he's got it all in his head right now. I can't even say that. Take, like the way the he fun. does. Out of the jump. Yeah. I, I love... Out of the jump. I love... I look... Like I'm I, having a shitty day. <laughs> a shitty Tell me day. a joke. <laughs> uh, he's like, he puts his hand... 
Funny man. Continue, Continue the joke. joke. <laughs> and he, but he like plays, you think, oh, he's kind of a nice guy. He seems real nice. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, no, you don't fuck with this guy. And the, just that look he gives. The joke that Rocco says is we're not going to repeat it. But no. I said that so many times of course. in high school. And like, I was like, you got to hear this joke. It's oh, so no. funny. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> well, so, so someone you, finds a tweet of me doing that. Uh, don't cancel yeah, yeah. me. But. Well, what do you think about, can we talk about the PC-ness of this movie? Like, sure. I, I how just, it doesn't exist? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Saying. Well, I don't know if that's what you were getting at, but I think I think we can bring it up. It's it's, you know, uh, there's not a lot of women in this movie, and when no, they're there's like three, and when they are on screen, they're treated like horrible, horrible yes. garbage, uh, and there's not a lot of nice things said about anybody else that's not white. Yeah, you know, uh, but you know, there's a lot of colorful language in Tarantino scripts too. You know, like he's got. A bunch of flack for having the n-word in his movies over and over and over again and it's just like those are the characters and this is the world that we're in you know i i'm not okay with it i won't say but it's just like this is the this is a fictional playland yeah. that we're in you have know either, like, have either of you guys ever been to boston have not uh, one time you've been to i flew in and then i drove out okay so uh, <laughs> i was gonna say have you been to like south boston no. You know, there's all these movies that talk about South Boston and like, you know, this and it's they get into in this. They're like, well, this is an Irish neighborhood. I'm surprised you got to call it yeah. all, you know, like so it's kind of an interesting play on on race for like this Irish neighborhood. This mm. like this is like Irish versus Italian versus Russian, you know, and that's that's an interesting play on it. But, yeah, you're right. You don't see a lot of people of color. You don't see a lot of like women, uh, women you know, you just don't. Um, um, but it's just, it's well, re it's weird, but it's the way he wrote it, I guess. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like, it's, it feels, it feels kind of smart. Some of these bad things like, you know, cause you, you're identifying with Rocco cause Rocco has to tell the joke that he, he thinks is a funny joke. It's just a joke. Yeah. It's just a, it's just comedy. I mean, comedy should just be able to be funny. If someone told that joke on a stage, I'd laugh. Yeah. Like, but, I'm sorry. But Rocco doesn't want to say the bad words, but <laughs> right. he like, but but he has to. So you kind of relate with Rocco to be like, oh shit, okay, I have to say these words because oh, right, right. these guys are super racist. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just a funny guy. Like Rocco seems like he likes everybody and doesn't seem like a racist. You know, to put it to put it in a little bit more context too. Like there's not like any black people or like Hispanics or anything like in this movie, but like there's little to no white people in Jordan Peele movies yeah. and I love his movies yeah. and I want to I want him to keep doing what he's doing yeah. it's just yeah. like this is this the way that it is this movie and then know? even with like the Smecker stuff first of all I don't understand why the the gay aspect of Smecker was even needed to be in this movie yeah, it felt like just a weird forced thing but even in that like it's it, if you want to spin it it feels like a play on like the tough police detective can't let anybody know he's gay. Yeah. yeah. Even though no one seems to care. Everyone no, knows. I think I like that aspect that yeah. he's gay in this movie because it's just like the flamboyant detective is like a really... Who thinks no one knows. Yeah, <laughs> well, like a really fun thing to watch. I, and like when he does his like transformation later, it's it's really cool. I'm like, I I just love him. I, I love this character so much that I'll watch him do anything. Yeah. I don't care. I, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like when I watched this for the first few times, I did not realize he was gay until mm. uh, like some obvious scenes. Yeah. And you're just like, I was like, oh, 
So is he though? Still, I don't know if I still don't know if he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, even, yeah. even to be the, honest, the detectives nudge each other. Yeah. like in the very beginning, they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, it's like, wait, he's touching. He, he just touched his shoulder, and it's like, okay, you're over the top. But <laughs> somebody like, can touch somebody's just, sold, shoulder. It's and okay. Be non-sexual about it. <laughs> just, just chill. Okay, um, but then at the same time, like there, there are like the obvious scenes where like he's in he's in bed with his lover. There he's got uh, he's at the bar, and, and there are still times that I'm just like but is he yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you don't even know i think you're right he's like trying to put up the like the i'm an fbi uh, agent and i have to i'm an tough. fbi agent <laughs> <laughs> all right most punchable face is Uh-oh. the fat man russian boss oh. the russian oh. boss in the middle of the room oh oh uh, yeah man the the guy that looks Sputnik yes oh my god like that, that is, I don't feel like you guys can offer anyone that's a more punchable face. He looks like I a wax museum version of Arnold Schwarzenegger with a bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> and I would want to punch that every day. <laughs> every day as I walk out of my bedroom to the restroom to use the bathroom. Exactly. Oh. You know how like wax museum wax people are like uncanny, like, ugh. <laughs> you know, They're it, not. It looks like, like them, but not quite. It's like. <laughs> And with a bowl cut, you're like, yeah, I'm punching your fucking ass. <laughs> I'm just so no, no dispute in here. Not dispute. I don't, I don't have any dispute to that. I, I was actually having a tough time coming up with it for this one, and I'm glad you said that because that's an ace in the hole. Well, well did we skip? Did you come up with a prop? Because I want that sandwich that Papa Joe was eating. Even oh, though, even shit. though it was thin on the meat, I still that that hoagie looked real good. I know, right? Like, I don't know why he was mad about you know, that. But. You know what it reminds me of? This is going to get very particular to our area in the world, but it looks like a uh, a gondola sandwich from what's the what's the Italian restaurant? Um, oh, from uh, yeah, Zio Giannis. Zio Giannis. If you <laughs> did, if you know anything about Zio Giannis, it looks like a gondola sandwich without the cheese. That's where that's what you go there for is those sandwiches. That's correct. I don't care who you are. It's all about the bread, baby. It is. Uh, what's your prop? <laughs> My prop. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to be on the. I I feel like it's probably something inside of that like IRA gun chamber. Yeah. Uh, wow. wow. I, when I they hate flip those lights on. I hate the gun dealer performance. I always have. He's pretty. Knock bad. yourselves out. I was like, yeah. knock yourselves out. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know why it irks me so much. He just, he's just really. He's really cool. Well, he's just happy to be making some deals because I don't think people are buying. I mean, all the shelves were still full. <laughs> it was probably of guns, so. one of Troy Duffy's. Like, it was probably the bass player in Troy Duffy's band. <laughs> No, it was some guy he met out at the night before. He was like, dude, you'd be really cool in my movie. Which she should be in my movie. I wear overalls. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. Uh, seen Reservoir Dogs. I want, I want Il Duce's cigar. Cool. Nice. And I'll tell you why later on. Okay. Okay. I was going to go for the Russian Desert Eagle, but certain times, well, I'm going to ixnay that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for... I mean, you already have trench coats, so you don't. Yeah, need. you don't need any more trench <laughs> yeah, coats. I got them all. You don't need a pea coat. You it got... came across my mind, and so I'm glad you guys said that. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. I think I'm gonna go for the picture on the wall where they shot the cat. Okay, <laughs> whatever picture that <laughs> they was. They put up on the wall. <laughs> love, they put up a piece of paper I over the I over the blood that. stain of the cat. <laughs> That's something drunk people would do. Just be like, we got to clean this up, but we'll do it tomorrow. Just put up a photo. <laughs> We'll, we'll get there. Uh, I really like this this secondary scene now where we're watching this happen, and I like how it doesn't go right. Yeah. yeah. 
but then that's how it goes, right? And the the religious side of that is that like God is on their side right. and that he allowed this to perfectly happen because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to kill all nine people. True. Right. No way. Never would have happened. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a cool scene. I like I like the the coins in the eyes to pay the ferryman or whatever the hell. And um I, I like I like after the fact, after they kill everybody and Rocco's sent there so being quote unquote set up. Jafar. 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 Oh my gosh, Hallelujah, maybe I Jafar. want the name tag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like I like how they look through the the seeing eye thing through the door and like, we've got to fuck with we it. have to fuck with <laughs> And then he goes he goes yeah, let's go. <laughs> you had to think about it for one second. I, I love, I'm like, that's such like a brotherly thing. Yeah. Dude, Rocco's really like a third brother to him. He and, and this scene is so funny to me because Rocco's reaction when he finally realizes what's happened. Yeah. He thought he was going to die, but now he's like, oh, these are my two friends. And they and murdered holy shit, eight they people. just murdered nine people. <laughs> nine people. How many bodies? Eight. Eight. Nine. Forgot about that Forgot one. Forgot about that one. Nine. <laughs> but nine. that would be like, that would be like AJ walking into a room somewhere and seeing me and Sean had just killed nine Russian mobsters. Yeah. Like you would have the same, what the fucking the fuck? Who the fucking fuck? Cause you work at a meat packing plant. <laughs> <Yes>. guys. <laughs> you go to church every day. Yeah. Certainly <laughs> illustrates the diversity of the, the word. Diversity of the word. <laughs> Do you know how many times they said fuck in this movie? Oh, like 300 at least. 246. Wow. That's a lot. Damn. That's a lot of f bombs, <laughs> and, and it works. Yeah, for me, I, like, I suppose it does. As a as a pure a lover of the word fuck, I love it. Have you have you? Um, there's there's only a few movies in the world that you should play the drinking game every time they say the f word. One yeah. is this, and the other is super bad. Oh. <laughs> so if you ever want to watch this movie and have more fun than you should. Uh, go ahead and have a drinking game to, every time they say the fuck. Play Mario Kart after. And play Mario Kart after. Makes me feel like <laughs> river dancing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so scene three. Rocco kills some of Yacoveta's men at the deli later in retaliation. That night, the trio hunt down and kill Vincenzo Lapazian, underboss of the Yacoveta crime family. Concerned he may be a target, Papa Joe contacts a hitman, Il Duce, to deal with them. After s- killing several more criminals, the brothers and Rocco are ambushed by Il Duce, leading to an intense shootout. The three return to a safe house where they treat their wounds. Pack your shit. Pack your shit. Pack your <laughs> and he's, he's putting Pack like pots shit. and pans in Dude, his bag. The, the first thing first he goes vinyl. for. The vinyl. <laughs> first thing he goes for. I think I saw like a Carly Simon or something like that. Pack your shit. Pack your shit. <laughs> he, just, he, goes, he goes for the vinyl and then an iron. <laughs> Dude, so, so David Del Rocco, which is his real name, which they didn't change it. They're no. just like, here's your movie. Here's your name for the movie. Had never acted before. Yeah. And at times you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. However, this entire fucking scene where he comes back in the apartment and what and his interaction with the girls oh, like dude. is like it's probably my favorite. It's scene. unbelievable. It's unreal. He was he's Troy Duffy's friend <laughs> and like he didn't change his name because he's that way in real life. You know? Like he just said do be yourself. Yeah. Just be Rocco and just like a more elevated version of it, like killing people and telling bitches to fuck up. Well, I'm sure he probably did that too. My favorite <laughs> my, I mean yeah. Possibly one of my what I think is one of the absolute funniest moments in the entire movie is shut the fuck up Ravy <laughs> shut your fat ass Ravy fat ass Ravy <laughs> I can't go buy a pack of smokes without running into nine, nine guys, guys you fucked <laughs> I mean like you how, how I mean holy fucking shit 
It was the, it, it, that can't that would, that had to have been improv, right? It's I, so I, I want to say, come on, that is a very very, it's very so funny. funny. I think if you polled if you polled everybody in their entire life that has seen this movie. Ninety percent of them would would go to that scene and yeah. be like, "Oh God, remember that scene where Rocco was like flipping his shit?" Yeah, we have to mention like the best line in the entire movie. And I had a shirt probably under my trench coat <laughs> as a kid when I watched this movie. Is is it dead? Is it dead? I mean, <laughs> it's just. That is so. It's. I, I was watching this. I'm like, it's not gonna be funny this time. And I'm like, God damn it, that's it's, fucking funny. It's still funny. I can't believe that just fucking happened. <laughs> is it dead? Is it dead? <laughs> the whole thing obliterated, dude. Oh, I'm, I feel so sad every time I see it. it. And then they, they do bring it back. They bring back <laughs> the humor. That's some of the things about this movie that yeah, we can look back on it. And we can talk some shit about it. But there was genuine moments of surprise the first time you saw this. Oh movie. Yeah. yeah, like that was one. Like, what the fuck? But that's Dude. like that's like a Pulp Fiction thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, hundred percent Pulp Fiction. Where <laughs> just just like, you into you some never safety. saw that coming. <laughs> you know, oh, man. You know, for I thought we were dipping nuts in marinara sauce, and then all of a sudden we're killing cats. Marinara sauce. <laughs> so that fat so bastard. You're gonna taste a home while they're at it. <laughs> my pathetic little dick. I don't know. It just might be my like my affinity of trench coats and pea coats in general. But yeah. he didn't have to shoot through his pea no. coat. I know he didn't no. have to ruin it. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I mean, like it's it's a cool cinematic thing. And I think it probably helped them out in the long run to make it look like a real. Yeah. He probably had a, a pack on, like a blow pack. On oh his yeah, head yeah, or yeah. Something. He's like, <laughs> we got to cover this one up. Like, make this one a little bit more cheaper. And we'll, yeah. we'll he'll never he'll never know that you're gonna shoot him through this coat. He'll, ne- <laughs> yeah. he'll never have a clue. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think about like in in the movie anyway like him killing these people like i i understand like they set him up and everything yeah excuse me i i just feel like like first of all i feel like the two guys in the booth i'm like yeah it's fine yeah because it's just like <laughs> at least we got a funny band back huh <laughs> which i think they were like they were, like, they were good performances yeah, I, I like those guys I, i'm just saying they still seem like douches yeah, well, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think the guy on the right was a new kid on the block i'm yeah. pretty sure yeah okay i <laughs> think so <laughs> no like in the group like in the band yeah in the band <laughs> we're going to get taken care of they know we're good they fellas know we're now they know we're good fellas now <laughs> <laughs> And then I always felt bad though when he went and capped Sal. Yeah, that fat fuck knew before we did. <laughs> and I was, I was just, I was like, I was like, don't, don't, don't. But, uh, every but this, single time, dive in deeper. Funny, this is funny. <laughs> well, so by the way, that song playing in the background is, is the Boondock Saints, which I kind of. I liked it a little bit. It's the one that'll be starred on Apple Music because it's the one that everyone would actually want to listen to. Yeah. It's okay. I liked it a little bit. Yeah. But it, it plays to this. If you want to dive in deep on this, the, the, the brothers are protected by God here, and they're making decisions from God and, and working through him. Rocco is not. Yeah. Right. Rocco, and that's why he eventually dies, is because he is not a part of this group. Right. He does not make the right decisions. He's just killing random people. You know, like it, it, that, that's the idea of it, I guess, is that he's showing well his impurity. And flyers. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like that about it. What What do you guys think? Like, because he's he's like obviously using the brothers yeah. to like fulfill his own thing, but they are evil people that yeah. he's that they're telling him to kill. I'm, I'm very conflicted about Rocco 
do I like the character? Yeah. yeah. Do I like him as a part of the group that's making no. the kills? Absolutely not. Seems like I'm, a bad call to bring him on. Yeah. hundred percent, right? Rocco should be the guy who stays behind but gave you the information. And <laughs> yes. you'd have him in the, as a bug in your ear and <laughs> yes. he'd be comedy relief and Some, yeah. Mission Dude, Impossible. right. And like that's what he should be. And then he would be the guy who shows up who hid in the back of the car and was like, I just wanted to go out and do it with <gasps> you guys one time. Yeah. And that's who Rocco is to <laughs> that, me. And that would have set up perfectly for for a sequel where he, his existence matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the sequel, is like he shows up like, what the fuck? Why are you here? Yeah. yeah. You forced this one, didn't you? You just wanted him back. Yeah, and some fan service. I, get, I the, get it. And they take him, they take him, he takes him to the titty club to bump off Ron Jeremy and it's like, they just don't even question it at all yeah. too. Yeah. It's that sort of bad call on their part. They're just like, okay. Another favorite moment when they look, he looks back and sees Rocco's mask. He's like, <laughs> put it back on, put it back on. You look fucking scary <laughs> back. Scary <laughs> that was a good moment. <laughs> There's like fucking fat Albert references. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what the fuck is going on? But he, but he, I'm glad he's there for these type of scenes because yeah. it's really funny. It, it is. It is very funny. And he is the one. He is the one making mistakes. He's yep. the one. Why Smecker sees like, well, why you know this Kennedy assassination yep. bullet situation, bullets from the wrong guns. Like he's the one leaving these breadcrumbs essentially um to keep Smecker kind of on the trail yeah yeah um unknowingly so yeah i, I do know. i do like that aspect when he's like he's getting fed up with the whole uh Smecker is getting fed up with the whole investigation of the the strip club or whatever he starts to walk out and he's like Ooh, wait 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 and he the, <laughs> the whole cross arm yeah. gun thing I, it's a, it's a cool thing and again it's just a testament to willem dafoe yeah being a fucking amazing actor, but um, yeah, I just I love that scene a lot. I, I yeah. think like because then again, he he's asking these other three detectives, quote unquote, uh, like are these are, are all of these crimes related? And he's getting like really really fed up with them, with not like knowing if they are or not. It's like you don't know either. And so is he a good detective? Well, there's an interesting <laughs> thing that happens here. Um, Smecker is unbelievably smart at the beginning of this movie. And he knows exactly what happens, and he slowly yeah. does not know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Like by the end, he goes, he goes six guys with guns. Right. In this next scene, when when it, 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 they actually in the background show six guys walking out with guns. True. Right. But it's not. And and Greenlee is the piece of shit at the beginning that doesn't know anything. Greenlee, yeah, yeah. That gets better at this point. He says, "Well, that's the thing. They're all bad guys." Yeah. And Smecker's like, "You don't know what you're talking about." And then Smecker or Greenlee even says, "Well, what if it's one guy yeah. with six guns?" Right. Yeah. Like he's becoming the better detective as Smecker's getting worse. It's a weird crossover. Well, it's that or this situation is so absolutely obnoxious and stupid <laughs> that like and and happenstance. Like the entire time it's all just happenstance yeah. and Greenlee just Greenlee just thinks in happenstance. <laughs> well, well, what if it was uh, one yeah, guy with one six, guy six guns? <laughs> well, well, that's a really good point. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> well, they're, I mean, I don't know. I think they're all bad guys. So maybe that's <laughs> they're, they're all dead, dead bad guys. They're all dead bad guys now. It's like, okay, okay Greenlee, <laughs> thank you. It's like Smecker's overthinking it at this point, which I, I guess I, it's a great play on the fact like you could now he's overthinking and Greenlee is clearly underthinking, <laughs> but he's right. But it's, but yeah, it's, yeah. he's becoming You're right. right. Sometimes you're right, yeah. simple is better. <laughs> Correct. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do think I still think every time that this this scene where they go 
to the house, to the safe house, mm-hmm. to kill this crazy guy that Rocco knows. Yeah. yeah. I still think that this is beautiful and, mm. like, perfection of film filmmaking. Like, how now we're not doing the whole, like, let's figure out what happened first and then we'll go back and show you. Now they're happening together yeah. at the same time and there's that perfect moment of where Willem Dafoe's there explaining the situation while it's happening. I don't, I fucking love it. I don't, maybe I'm overthinking it nostalgically, but this, um, like, the, the diner thing and um, the, the, the strip club thing, I was like, this is getting a little repetitive. Yep. And then they changed it up. And they right? changed it up, but it also still felt <laughs> kind of repetitive. Like to be honest, but I I do agree with like the filmmaking aspect yeah. is like in, incorporating both ideas into one is really smart and keeps it fresh, but just not enough for me. Right. I I, I can't. I don't know. I just like felt in the moment I'm like God damn it. We're, like this is all this movie is. Yeah. You know. That's very true. Um. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. I don't know about you guys. I know you just said you. Really I I, lo- I love that. Th- it's the best one of them for yes. sure. Like because Willem Dafoe just goes off, but. Well, he gets down on his knees and yeah. shoots like the other guy. Yeah, does, it's cool. Finger guns with him and I, everything. It's- I like the aspect of Rocco explaining like this motherfucker is like the yeah. most ruthless son of a bitch. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, first day of my fucking life. I will man. see him die anytime. I don't care if he oh, kills yeah. children and women and shit. Yeah, it just gets a little repetitive. Just okay. a little, I think just I can see how many people are starting to lose steam in this movie at this point. It does. Yeah. It does fall apart a little bit as it goes on. It's like okay. The, Wait, what how's this gonna end? Let's what do you think, AJ? Well, it leads to a beautiful moment of Willem Dafoe yeah. and like the music combined with the music, like we talk about often that you know, him going through this and and it really is put together very well. And he's he's going around uh in, in between the shooting and stuff of, the, of Il Duce and mm. well, the six guys, you know, and the brothers. But I have to put myself in the shoes of the other three detectives who are watching this happen. And, and maybe the people living in the neighborhood. And, and there is just <laughs> silence. And he's just... Start <laughs> <laughs> shooting his gun in the air. You hear his feet squeaking around. And then he just all of a sudden pulls his gun and unloads his clip in the air. They're like, what Christ. the fuck is going on? And they're just like, we were just trying to take notes here. <laughs> and that's what they have to deal with. And he's sweating. And got to like unbuttoned. Just, yeah. And he's like taking his tie off and he's sweating. <laughs> and he's flicking his like flick sweat into his eyes or something. I, I'm just like, that's too much. I was like, like not, the performance is wonderful. But I'm just sitting there thinking like if I was witnessing this. I would be weirded Without out. Music in the background. Yeah, there's no music. It's just it's just birds chirping. <laughs> yeah, and a dog barking and, and, from the yard over there. And his his shoes on the sidewalk. <laughs> like that's all I've got. <laughs> jumping on a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> can that's we can, can we all give fan service and just say the line? The the line. Everyone. There was, was a, a fire fight. fight. Thank you. You're welcome. He everyone's yelled gonna, that. Everyone's going to enjoy that. Will In you, silence. Yeah. <laughs> well, you notice how the Lord has given Il, Il Duce uh, and the McManus brothers the perfect ability of shot, and they are, are, they are marksmen, and mm. they can kill anybody at will. So the, how- most, the most like efficient killer that anybody's ever seen in El Duce, and he hits, one of, he hits all three of them once. All three of them are, are injured but not killed. Yeah. It's because 
of God in there, and God is making sure they don't kill each other. That's that's what I, that, and that's what I'm thinking they were going for here. And this is what my young Catholic Catholic mind in college still conflicted with religion was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah, of God and shit. No, yeah. no I get it. Uh, uh, yeah. That's that's where I think that's where I think he was going with this. Okay. I just whatever. God controlled those bullets, you guys. <laughs> you don't want this guy. He's a fucking nut. You know, like what he's saying. Yeah. He's a, the bathroom. Only dude. thing he's been rotting in the can for forty uh, years. Been rotting in the can for the last thirty years. Nobody's ever seen. Nobody's seen him since then. The Duke. What do you need the Duke for? <laughs> Is this guy promoting a, a spaghetti commercial? What's going on? It's <laughs> a really fucking good accent. <laughs> Fuck Prom- you. <laughs> promoting a Fuck spaghetti you. commercial. <laughs> I just like, oh. it, the guy's voice just kind of threw it's me up. <laughs> it's like, it turns out he's just cleaning bathrooms. Yeah, he used to be the owner of this mafia. And he's just hawking your own cakes. But from your accent, like Rico Augustus. Rigatone. <laughs> it's Augustus. 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 Augustus Goop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but he's telling him all about Il Duce and then. You know, he gets he gets him out of prison, and then just no tabs on the guy. Nope, he's just, <laughs> yeah. he's just like cool. We got him out. We got him out. They he was <laughs> in a cage with thirty people around him with guns, yeah. restrained, and they're like parole granted. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then what happens is they go, oh cool. Il Duce is walking out, and it's Austin Powers style essentially, where he's like, all right, we got your trench coat jacket. Here's your half, half smoked uh, cigar. Here's your gun vest. And then he goes, let's see, a 38 caliber snub nose. You've got <laughs> just like going through all his your guns. six holsters on yeah. the breast. That's a pretty cool thing. Other boots. Il Duce's uh, like, what year is it? Exactly. <laughs> hey, what address am I going to? <laughs> Where do I find these guys? <laughs> and your sunglasses. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's really about. good, man. <laughs> yeah, we're doing best joke of the podcast now. So you, <laughs> yeah, right. JJ, JJ you, always wins. You get man. champion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say my final note on this. Uh, the reason I want Il Duce's cigar, okay, is because Billy Connolly, who played yes. Il Duce, um, was a musician. He's an actor. He's a comedian. Comedian. He's yeah. a very funny guy, um, and. There was like a lot of what he was doing. He's not used to playing this kind of role. This mm-hmm. is an unheard of role for him. He's never done this before. And the reason I want his cigar is because he enjoyed playing the role so much that he couldn't stop smiling during these <laughs> scenes that they had to put a cigar in his mouth to make it seem like he's clutching a cigar. How fucking awesome is that? that oh, great? that's incredible. And he was like, he on set was joking with like the cast and crew and like just like bystanders like yeah. so much that Troy Duffy is like, we gotta stop. Yeah. You gotta stop kidding around. We gotta shoot this scene. Yeah. Like it just seems like it's such a joyful dude. Yeah, exactly. It, I just he must have just made it way better on on set. I think that would have been Troy a very Duffy. fun set, other than oh, Troy yeah. Duffy. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From what we've heard. <laughs> All right. So scene four at the crime scene, Smecker is losing his mind, but is unable to or is able to unravel the mystery surrounding the various murders. His sympathy for the brothers conflicting with his professional desire to bring them to justice. After some drinking and chats with God, Smecker decides to help the brothers. The McManus brothers and Rocco infiltrate the Yakovetta headquarters to finish off the family, but are captured by Papa Joe and his henchmen. Rocco is killed, but the brothers are able to kill everyone else with the help of Smecker. Il Duce arrives and it is unveiled that he is their father. Father. I'm your father. I don't I don't buy this 
whole smacker talking to God thing and like coming to their site. It happens so quick. Really- this is where the movie, I'm like, no, no. No, I'm sorry. No. Well, I think it's pretty believable. I usually, usually, I'm pretty drunk when I talk to God. So, (laughs) come on, God is Budweiser. Well, tell me that when Smecker comes out of the gay bar that he's in, Mm -hmm. that he can be smelt at. I can smell you. you. Uh, When he comes out, that is the perfect description of like day drinking. When you've been inside of a dark bar early in the day and you get hammered and you come out to the light, yeah, like Like, it is a perfect. Perfect dis- depiction of what it's like to be day drunk when yeah. he comes out on those streets. How does Rocco know who he is? He saw him on the news, and he walked past him during the press conference. Yeah, yeah. So I think he knows. Yeah. So okay. He, I'm gonna give it that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I'm gonna give it and to justify it. <laughs> it was just really weird to me. Like but going you know, going into the sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say, but from that distance, it's probably that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right. How many times are we going to say that in our review? Yeah, I, I never forget that ass. I never forget that ass. <laughs> going into like the confessional booth and everything like that. I, I do like the scene that the preacher or guy, preacher guy, preacher guy, God man, seems like a good actor. I like I like his performance a lot too. I just think it's like a little weird how like he's like so he's not influencing the preacher, but the preacher sounds like, cause the, one of the brothers, Sean yep. Patrick Flannery has gunpoint to Rocco, yep. yeah. which Rocco has to the preacher to the or whatever. And he's trying to not feel like they're there or whatever, but it seems like Rocco is trying to influence him on to saying these things like to saying or telling the preacher to say those what? good things to uh, uh Willem Dafoe's character to influence him to influence him but okay. he's not yeah there was never a conversation to say you need to make there was sure never that conversation what make that guy help us yeah I, it just seemed it's it seemed true. really really forced to me the last time that I watched it it felt like he may have he may have been kind of um uh, amending what he might say normally <laughs> like he like the, he's not going to say like oh yeah no it's not good that they're killing people yeah. killing is bad i think yeah. he understands that the okay. people doing this to him are probably the people this guy's correct about. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like and he because he, he says <laughs> at one point he's like and would these these people ever hurt an innocent person no, no. they would never do that no <laughs> Well, the Irish guys, but the Italian guy, he's kind of an idiot. And he's just like, there's the Italian guy behind him with a gun. <laughs> just, it's very true. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm just, I need to make this, just get this done. Please get this done. Get out of the church. Just get just out, get of, the out of the church. <laughs> it's a very important thing. I see what he was going for. And again, in, in growing up Catholic my entire life and still being in that world when I first watched this. Yeah. It's like an important thing that he wanted you to think. He wanted you to be like, you know, yeah, the old the old guard church, like that's not the real church. The real God would actually definitely want you to kill evil people. Yeah. He doesn't care. Like, cause they they make it a point. No, you they couldn't even film this in a Catholic church, right. any of these scenes, because the Catholic church is like, no, yeah, fuck yourself. <laughs> no, dude. This is not a good movie for us. Yeah. Uh and but that's what your young impressionable minds would be like, yeah, yeah, well fuck yeah though, because like this is the real. This would be the real guy. Like yeah. he, he doesn't care if I accidentally have a piece of pepperoni on Friday during Lent. He knows I love him. Yeah, <laughs> this is just, 
Oh, dang it. Personal experience. Is that like you at five years old? Yeah. Getting beat from your parents? Well, I did have some, uh, yeah, we'll talk. Not my parents, but, you know. That was always the case. Like, you accidentally forget, and you, you, eat, you eat some of a McDonald's. Oh, damn, dang it. And, and, and my, mom, my mom, who's definitely listening, would always be like, she'd be like, well, God knows you didn't mean it, so you might as well finish it. Like, Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. It's like you just shot the guy in the gut, so you might as well finish it. Yeah, might as well finish it. But yeah, you, you, see, you see what they're going after, and it meant more to me back then, and now you're right. You're just, it's just like... It just seems like a little bit lazy writing, and like the the script is the script. He he just had these ideas of like, yeah, I want to do all these cool killing scenes, and we'll we'll see the aftermath before we see what actually happened, like like Quentin Tarantino. And, that's it. and then he's like, well, we have to end it somehow. <laughs> so he just is like, yeah, they Smeck- have a dad. Smecker chooses to go on their side, and yeah. they have a dad. I have a real big complaint here. Okay, um, did did the McManus brothers leave? like contact information for Smecker because you're right because I, the brothers pull out his card as if they're going to call him but he's at a payphone and so maybe they <laughs> called him from a payphone or like call back here in 30 I don't yeah know. yeah it's like, like, I, call back on a secure line yeah. <laughs> This line secure. They probably paged him. Right. That was oh, the era of oh pagers. yeah, yeah, the, the, page, the pagers. <laughs> hey, did somebody page me? Smeg, just like, Smecker answers, and he gets like green lines all over him, and he goes into the matrix. <laughs> Not like this. Not, Not like, like this. this. Uh, I, I did really love when they get captured, though. Uh, again, uh, the emotions that some of these actors can do. The the um, the scene where Rocco gets killed, and Sean Patrick Flannery, and and. Um, Norman Reedus, like, I believe that whole scene. I do, too. But just again, like, it feels like all of this is so rushed. Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. how did yeah. they get caught? How did this we is, get this here? Is the only this is a short movie. They could have done it. This is the only scene you're not going to show what happened. <laughs> that's how they got caught. You know, like, yeah. th- like uh, I guess Defoe's character, Smecker, wasn't around to investigate how they got caught. Like, True. It, that's uh, what yeah. the script takes. He's getting ready for his big day. It's just like, it seems so rushed to me. And like, oh, yeah, they're caught. Okay. And then Rocco dies. It's like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you because it is. It's like, well, because they say, they say, yeah, we're going to hit, we're going to hit Papa Joe tonight at his house in the comfort of his own home. And then we're going on to New York because we're just, there's a lot of heat around us right now. Yeah. And then the next thing is like, oh, they're caught. Yep. We got him. We got, got him. him. We Let's don't kill him. We're never going to get, you know, Boondock Saints lost in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's super give, sad. Give him the joke. Give him the joke again. <laughs> oh, you already got it. He's Damn. got it. He's, <laughs> He's got like three deep right now. <laughs> so if I tell a funny joke, I still can't get it back because we're, we're <laughs> subtracting one of you it. Unless it's like plus three joke. It's bags you know? points. <laughs> uh, well, and what did you think about Willem Dafoe uh, cross-dressing Willem Dafoe? I love it, man. Like it's, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, obviously not convincing whatsoever. Are you gonna call? Are you gonna call Willem Dafoe Primo Box? If you see, if you see Willem Dafoe, because I don't think that's the Primo first thing. Always, Primo, box. Primo Box. Primo Box. Come on, man! It'll take five minutes. Primo Box. Primo Box. That's a term. No, <laughs> this man. Worst, what, what do you worst, call women? The worst thing I've Jesus. ever heard in my life. <laughs> Come on, baby, come to Papa. The only thing, like Papa. the only thing worse that I've heard, like as terms of <laughs> grossness, is like referring to my dick as cr- my crumb. <laughs> and man, I would tongue punch, tongue punch her <laughs> fart box. <laughs> no, uh, I like all those better than Primo box. <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> did you know? Did you know why Il Duce 
did not kill Willem Dafoe, though. He was a woman. Yeah. And it's a nice and little... Oh, okay. He says only thing, though. He won't... Or like, oh, only one rule. Only no one women, thing. no children. Yeah. Only one thing. So Smecker, had he not decided that this was his way in... Yeah. Dead. Probably was. Yeah. Smecker dead. Capped. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of an interesting point there. Yeah, I like that. That you had to really think about as a 19-year-old. Be like, oh... <gasps> Cinema, <laughs> <laughs> guys, humanize the goons. Okay, you see, you see, Primo Boxer going in, and he's he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You want the champ? You want the champ? You want the champ? Ringside then, baby, ringside baby. And then and then the wig falls off, and you get you get full on Willem Dafoe. <laughs> but, but time out, time out. You like, get full on Willem Dafoe in a wig on. before that, though. and That's mascara. A, oh, so the wig comes off two inches, and now you're like, what the fuck? Wait, wait a second. Aren't you Willem Dafoe? <laughs> the most weirdest facial structure in the world? Don't you the, aren't you the Green Goblin? <laughs> That's what you see. And him screaming just like, yeah, his, his like, like slow motion. Yeah, that dude. was a cool shot, dude. Slow cool. motion Willem Dafoe blowing and, his lips out. And you know, like he's he he feels like he what does he say? He says, too far. Yeah, too, far. too far. Like he's it's like up. he he knows he's in now. now. He yeah. he killed somebody. Yeah. yeah. He's like I'm I'm in yep. deep now. Yeah. And like that that to me what like became watching it this time around was way more impactful watching yeah. him do that. Uh it, it was really really well done. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's end this. So three months it. later, Papa Joe is sent to trial. The trial is forcibly interrupted when the two brothers and El Duce, aided by Agent Smecker and other police officers, infiltrate and lock down the courtroom. The three then publicly declare their mission to destroy evil and recite their prayer one last time, killing Papa Joe. The media dubs the three saints, and the movie ends with indifferent public interviews about the saints and their mission. Did they? They're killing for good. Killing for good? For Listen good. to yourself. Listen to yourself. <laughs> Those people were really mad. I love the Saints, man. Go get them. <laughs> I, I love to think that, yeah, like some of those are actors, but I do really like to think that, like, some of them were actually on the streets and they did, like, the, like, they kind of, uh, what, vet them or something, or they, they give them face cl- false claims and, like, what oh. do you think about the Saints? Have you heard the stories oh. about the Saints? <laughs> oh, and, I have an opinion. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have an opinion on something that's not actually true. <laughs> It's like, I love the Saints, man. I love the Saints. Yeah. And it should like, be in every major city. Every major city, man. It's like, I, well, I, I'm ready to get busy, too. I'm ready to get busy. <laughs> I'm ready to get busy. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that guy. The best way to end the movie. That and Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Why is he here? <laughs> if you're thinking about, like, we like to think about logistical things about a movie, like, you know, where I, dude, this ending scene used to be the world for me. Like, yeah, just like, man. oh, my God, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. But then you think about, I think about it logistically as an adult. I'm like, okay, so did they practice who was gonna say what at what time? Because <laughs> yeah. it's, was it's like okay, ba- when I when I get done talking about sending you to whatever God you wish, we'll all come together in the middle again, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we'll start saying the prayer. And, and then dad, do I dad's shoot in first? The middle. Dad's in the middle. Who so- says in nomine patri? Ooh, you do uh, in nominee. I'll, I'll get okay. nominee. I, I think Dad should say Padre. Oh uh, no, 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 he'll he'll say spirit too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's just make this simple. Let's just make this simple. Like every every third line, I say it, and then like every second oh, line, okay. you say. Are okay. you First gonna line. stand on the desk though? 
I could stand. Uh, you, you go stand to the, the defense, defense left side on or offense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to the left side. No, like like stage left. You go stage to the stage left. left. Stage yep. So that's yeah. So it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. That's opposite. That's yeah, okay. cool. All right, <laughs> wonderful. Because <laughs> they had to rehearse this. It was three months later, so they had a lot of time to rehearse. Yeah, and I like to think of them also again sitting in whatever hotel room, and and like one of them's got like a notebook, and they're laying on the bed on their stomach, and like I don't know, what do you think this line would be? <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. What about glad to have dad back? <laughs> Do you want me to say steal first or rip first? Yeah, <laughs> rip, rip. <laughs> Do not steal. Do not rip. Do not rip. Do not kill. Do not rip. These are principles of every man of every faith. Can embrace. I read a thing. Okay, American Norman Reedus. <laughs> I read a thing, a review that said Norman Reedus apparently goes from Irish to Celtic to <laughs> Pakistani to an ends in Jamaican. <laughs> Norman Reedus can't even talk in like the walking dead. I don't even understand what he says in that shit. So it's just like, he's just a cool dude. Yeah, no. Nobody cares. Yeah. I don't care. He's just a cool dude, man. I love him. I don't know how it, it's just so easy for the other detectives to get on board too. Like I get, yeah. I guess like we can't fight crime. Like these guys are just doing the, the good that we can't, you know, it's just like, yeah. okay. And they all, they're all in that last scene helping yeah, everyone. Yeah. Of them. They're all aiding mm-hmm. and abetting. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're all part of it. Yeah. And I, the, the shotgun seems a little overkill for a headshot. It, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad guy, dude. <laughs> He's the next John Gotti. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's a it's it gives a holy meaning to double tap. You just got a triple tap Jesus. with a twelve gauge shotgun, dude. It's pretty intense. I always love. I I remember as a kid rewinding this yep. scene so many times. Yep. Just the sound effect yep. of the like the two silence pistols and yep. the shotgun. I'm like that's so cool. Yep. it sounds so badass. And oh yeah. I don't like the I don't like the techno Gregorian chants. I, don't, I can't do it. That could easily that easily could have been in like Goldeneye or something like that. It really could have been some sort of Russian conflict movie. The Hunt for Red October. U five seven one. 2022. Red Dawn. Red Dawn, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to go there or not, but yeah, I'm glad we did. I don't know. I just remember this being so Im- impactful of a scene and how there's this implied, like, innocent virgin woman. Yes. In fact, in, her cr- in the credits, it says virginal woman. Yeah. That, you must that watch, little dear. You must watch. And then, sure. and then this implication of the media goes to her first. It's, it's just a weird... The other uh, more the more it goes on, you're just like, mm, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't really like the ending of this, but after this, then it's like, oh, it ends, and then, yeah. How far do we take it? Yeah. How far do you want well, to take it? The question is, do you possess the constitution, the debt to faith, to take it? <laughs> yeah, and the debt to faith to, to take, take it, it as far as, as, far as need. needed, and then, I, it's and then like, he fades and then away. Interviews, yeah. <laughs> There's like so a, many fades, man. There's so many like fade to blacks, and yeah. I, that's that's also like another thing that kind of irks me. Is like you couldn't have thought of like some other mm-hmm. cool transition. No, this is his first movie. Like, I'm, well, yeah, and I, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about just, that. You want me to show you my iMovie stuff? I made in 2001 because I can. <laughs> it always makes me think. It always makes me think of Spaceballs. Nice dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Uh, I think that's it, man. All right, so we've stripped away the nostalgia. We've talked about it with a modern eye. It's time to give it a true rating for what it is today. AJ, you're going to go first, man. What do you give this modern-day rating? I still have a lot of fun watching this movie, and I feel like this has been a trend for for me lately. Um, 
and of just I'm enjoying I'm enjoying watching the movie again. There's enough action to keep me entertained. The dialogue is good enough, and I enjoy who I'm watching. Right. So, um, although from from the past few movies that I've been saying this kind of same thing about, it's probably my my lowest on the totem pole. Right. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go just above dead center in our rating. Go for a five point five. Five point five, Sean. Or how about you? Yeah, man. I'm, I I texted you guys before we even did this episode. I was like, I'm so conflicted on this movie. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. Like, I loved it back in the day so so much. I watched it so many fucking times. I loved it. I loved every line. And it's just like this movie. I do like a lot of the comedy bits a lot. They still <laughs> hold up to me, and like a lot of the action scenes hold up. Although they do get repetitive nowadays for me, uh, the it's still kind of well directed, and I like I have to take in the effect or the fact that this is his first movie, Troy Duffy's yeah, first movie, sure. and it's an independent movie, and it was he didn't make any money off it. One uh, until later, of it. Yeah. nothing. He had to sue. He had this, there was a whole thing, and he finally got the uh, the rights to to the title itself and right. then he can make the sequel yeah it's a tough thing making these fucking movies and it's a tough thing i imagine having the whole world brought to you by a huge conglomerate yep. producer yeah and then it taken away and then you get your movie just a little bit hold held back you know yep. and then you get nothing out of that it's fucked up I, there's a quote from Troy Duffy that says, uh, making an independent film is funded by you're on your own money. <laughs> and it's true. Like he just, he was on his own and he, he, he had to do, deal with what he deal with. And what I think he dealt with was kind of a good movie, but nowadays it's just a little bit too repetitive for me, for my taste. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm a 4.8. 7 4.7 4.7 oh for the old Shauner there. <laughs> I I still really like this movie. I love I love it feels like it it was something special for the time and it feels like it was a part of my life and it was hard it's hard to strip away that nostalgia on some of these movies. Yeah. Uh but then thinking about it <clears throat> I really hate Troy Duffy. Like from what <laughs> I, from what I can from what I've gathered he brought us All Saints Day which is the worst movie I've ever seen <laughs> and apparently there's a fucking third one on the way no one out there should <laughs> ever think about watching. Uh, and then I like last night I watched the town, yeah, which is yeah. like the same movie, but <laughs> yeah. so much better. That's a really good point. As, yeah. uh, and so like, I still have to give this movie uh, credit, but I do have to come down for my 10. Uh, I still am going to rank this higher than you guys. I'm going to call it a 7.55. Okay. Uh, but again, it's, 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 there are faults and, yep. and I can see them. Will I watch it again? Yeah, I will. Yeah, absolutely. On Thursday. On Thursday. <laughs> On Thursday. <laughs> Tomorrow. 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 <laughs> yeah. So the, our joint, uh, our combined modern day rating is 5.92. I'm fine with that. Which takes us to, that's pretty low. That is uh, right below heavyweights, right above running man. At that the makes very sense. bottom third of our, of our list here. That makes sense to me. Feels right. Feels I knew right. there'd be some variations there, and I think that's how it's going to go. But uh, we're glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. Tune in next Wednesday for another great episode. Uh, we got a bonus episode coming out on Monday. We are going to review the brand new Batman. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, just go see it. Like Immediately go see it yeah. this weekend. Uh, and then we're going to head back to the 80s. It's been a little while. Tom Cruise Grammy-nominated masterpiece cocktail. <laughs> Grammy-nominated. <laughs> it's not Grammy. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll explain to you why. 
Jack was I'll explain, I'll explain to you why when we <laughs> okay. get there. Okay. And if you're new to the podcast, go back in time. This year, uh, this time last year, we got a mini bite about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Fuck yeah. That was a really fun one. That was. Because there's actually a lot you didn't know about Mighty Morphin there's Power Rangers. There's a lot Rangers. I didn't know that you guys informed me on. It was a really fun episode yeah. to do. I yeah. think you should give that a listen. Check it out. Turns out they were also on a mission from God, yep. Zordon, <laughs> yep. and uh, we're defeating evil vigilante style. Exactly. That's crazy. What, what timing? <laughs> uh, we got to read our Patreon names because it's that time. These are all of our amazing, amazing Patreon members. Top tier. Uh, Dane, Joel, Robin Fawcett, Tony B, Nick Marula, Mark Pryor, Kirlana, Jordan, Alicia, Nick Fulkerson, Camden Griffith, Francisco Rivera, Cameron J, <laughs> yeah. Bud Larson, Big Big Andy, Katie Beeks, Travis Hunziker, Brian Hernandez, Greg Jackson, Mr. and Mrs. Roommate, Kale James, Jason Davis, Emilio Perez, Sean Dixon, Jordan Hooten, Brandon Meisner, Willie Cox III, Cole DeRocher, Janelle Lewis, Joseph Thomas, Marshall G, Ryan Carlton, Josh Miller, Connor Macy, Jason Botsford, Stephen Moore, Chris Pryor, Paul Diaro, Jason Hahn, Moth Maiden Creations, Travis Scanlon, Eric Hine, Michael Hod, Gary McCarthy, Corey Vaughn, Damian Zemek, Ranger Rick and Sue Ballou, Zachary Heron, Dallas B, Kitty Witch Chaos, Revis Davis, Wagoneer, Tim Nash, Dwayne Van, Robert Venz, Joey Piamonte, Cole DeRocher, David Waters, Alan Cross, Sean Zerophonic, Amy N, Ryan O, Samuel Miller, David Gould, John Devlin, Zachary Jones, Seth Murray, Tina Hansen, Roland and Julie, Lilo Dallas Multipass, Joshua Goodman, Lance Davis, Jesse Anderson, Mike being Mike, Dale Prestupia, Lana Croft, Anthony Guidi, Mike Wheeler, Andrew Sawtell, Eric Harding, Garrett, L- or wait, Jarrett Layoff, Gabe B, Aaron Baker, Ryan Grabsky, Michael Nash, Adam Bathen, Ryan Weaver, Quentin Moore, Aaron Vandergriff, Zach Evans, Willard Brown, Justin Woolley, Todd Fuzz- Fat Joe, actually he corrected me, it's Fat Joe, the original caffeinator, Piao, Jared Bushman, Christopher Diaro, Anthony Rochette, Melinda Miller, Luke Bituis, Gary, son of Gary, Sean Hatley, Rachel Heinz, Bailey, Jason McCartan, Kaylin Chance, Murky, and Tyler Dark. God damn it. I hope that worked really well. Oh, thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you guys that. so much. You're give the best. Give them a, you are the best, amazing. I forgot to do that. I always used to do that. Yeah. Woo! Okay. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Please stay in touch with us by following on all of our social media platforms at Confused Breakfast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and Confused Be Fast on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice right now. Also, we have merch. You know you want to rep the Confused Breakfast in public. Mugs, stickers, shirts, all kinds of goodies. Go to confusedbreakfast.com for a direct link. And don't forget about our voicemail number 319-804-9596. Links to everything you could ever need from us are in the show notes or at confusedbreakfast.com. This includes a way to follow all of us individually in our personal projects that we want you to check out. Mission of the day, tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.